traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. This this is the news and talk station of New York with Greg Kelly. Real, real New York 77 WABC. Hey, if you were sick of January 6th in July, what's it going to be like this week? It's woo, woo. I got PTSD from all the talk of the PTSD that they're all suffering from. The cops, the reporters, I mean the reporters. It's laugh out loud funny. Uh, I saw a reporter saying, I was on the phone with my editor and he told me to go to the Capitol and I went to the Capitol and I saw all these people standing around and I called my editor back and I told him, I don't know whether I'm going to live or die. I, I just don't know. Never went inside the Capitol. He's standing there. We're all watching it on TV. Even they've got to admit. That if you watched it on TV on January 6th, uh, I just see a bunch of people standing around. I just saw a bunch of people standing around. Riots happen. Uh, they're trying to fool the entire country. Some of them really want to be fooled, but most don't. And most can't be fooled because we saw for a year and a half what riots look like. All right. Those Black Lives Matter, crazy, burning down everything, yelling at cops, breaking police stations, burning police stations down to the ground. Those are hardcore riots. Now, yes, there was a riot on January 6th. Why is it that the cops somehow, uh, some of these cops, they think they're above responding to a riot? I, uh, I, I joined the police department, but I never thought I'd be involved in a riot. Yeah, I know, but we gave you all these hats and protective equipment. Yes, but uh, they just look cool. I never intended to wear any of that stuff. Well, wear it, but I didn't want to use it. That's the attitude of the Capitol Hill police. I saw something interesting, didn't realize it until, um, well, I guess I knew it, but now I really know it. The Capitol Hill police, they do not report to like a county executive or a mayor or a governor like the state police. They report to Congress. Congress. It's the only police department in the country that reports to a legislative uh, body. And um, let's face it, Congress is uh, pretty screwed up. Most legislatures are. So it makes sense that their police department is kind of screwed up as well. Putting these guys out all the time on TV. Uh, Gunnell, Dunn. Dunn is the the big guy who sounds um, sounds and looks like a gangster. He sounds and looks like a gang. He wears a big chain around his neck, and he wears this kind of funky hat, and he goes on CNN. I'm like, doesn't the Capitol Hill police have a dress code of some kind? You, I mean, just you got to wear something kind of professional. Okay, I know he's on his own time, but he is there because he's a Capitol Hill cop. Anyway, just a great big joke. Um, I mean, laugh out loud funny, by the way. I'm going to play some clips tonight from these fake news drama queens talking about how tough it was on them uh, January 6th and being outside the Capitol. Um, 
You know, uh, I had my ass in Fallujah, Iraq, okay? <laughs> we can talk about PSD to the cows come home. Actually, let's talk about PS- PTSD, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. You know, it's, um, you know, it's totally abused. It's totally hyped. It's totally exploited. It's a real thing, but now it's become very fashionable to have one. You know why? Well, there's all kinds of time off to be had. There's all kinds of disability money on the table. I'm talking in the military. I'm talking in the cops. I know. I know. Um, it's also a real thing, but not everybody has it. And But society wants you to use it as an excuse. Hey, how about COVID? The COVID excuse. Hey, society is coming apart at the seams. <laughs> Try to get anything done. I mean, it used to be something of a pain to call the airline. Now forget about it. You cannot get through. There's no chance you'll get through. None. Zero. You can't get through. It's just impossible. There's no way to get through. There's no way to get stuff done. I saw Mika Brzezinski had some expert on saying we should all get over it. We were spoiled anyway. Spoiled? Hey, I kind of liked the way we were living. Didn't you? Uh, life wasn't perfect, uh, but, you know, it's kind of nice. Press a button. It shows up the next day. What's wrong with that? What is wrong with that? Nothing. Uh, well, except Jeff Bezos. That guy's getting way out of hand. Uh, let's see. What else? Antonio Brown, I just want to say this about that guy. I've looked at all the footage. I talked to people who really know sports. And you know what? Yeah, I'm talking about that Buccaneer, that Tampa Bay Buccaneer who had a meltdown the other day. At uh, Hey, what do, we call, what do we call the Meadowlands now? Is it MetLife? MetLife Stadium? Is it the Meadowlands? Anyway, where they play football over there. It's not Giants Stadium because the Jets use it too. Boy, how's this for... <laughs> I'll never make it on WFAN, will I? I just never had time for that stuff. I had a big interest in sports as a kid, and then I lost it rather dramatically and suddenly. I'll go into that someday. So uh, Antonio Brown quits. Now I'm hearing that the coach made him play, and he had an injury. Well, you know what? Playing with an injury can exacerbate the injury. It could ruin your life. It could ruin your uh, career. Eh, who won? He didn't need to play. Hey, you got that moment? See if you can find that moment where he, uh, the announcers can't. Whoa, they're so. So I'm like, you know what? Good for him. And he threw off his uh, equipment, and he made a big scene. Eh, good for him. Come on. Haven't you had a job where you really wanted to just tell them all to go to hell and walk out? Hmm? We've all been there. And he was able to do it. He's got, what do they call it? That screw you money. But I don't think they call it screw you money. I hope he does at least. A lot of those, um, a lot of those guys get so much money at such a young age. And, you know, they've all been about football for 99.9% of their life. They don't really know how to do much of anything else to become an so good at one thing a lot of other things go by the wayside do we have that yet it's kind of funny anyway antonio brown i like your style go ahead antonio brown that's antonio brown without his uniform we are told without his jersey and running out of the field i don't know if that could have been a penalty all right janelle get after that we got to find out what's going on there she's got to catch him first it's unbelievable. 
He's had his issues off the field. Now he's on the field creating an issue. Guys, very odd situation. Antonio Brown boiled over, very upset on the sideline, took off his shoulder pads. Mike Evans, O.J. Howard trying to convince him to keep them on. Obviously, they were unable to do so. He tossed his shoulder pads, tripped off his shirt and glove, threw those into the crowd. Right. across the field while the teams were still on the field, giving the crowd a peace out sign. I'll let you know when we hear something official on his status. Good for him. Good for him. It's not like he pulled his pants down. Everyone's overreacting, in my opinion. He quit. He had a difference with the coach. And he went out with a bang. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Am I crazy here? I think it's fine. I think it's just fine. Uh, ooh, here's something. So de Blasio, may he rest in peace, said he was going to, uh, well, a couple things. He was going to fix the police department, even though it wasn't broken. And then he pretended to fix the police department, even though it wasn't broken. And then he actually managed to uh, break it. So reviewing his record here, remember all that systemic racism and systemic racism and it's all systemic. Ra- and he is a white guy because he's married to a black woman can highlight all this stuff because he's one, you know, he's down. But it was all it was all nonsense. It was all trickery, trickery. And the same goes for. Uh, Adams, you know, just remember this. He's walking around like he's the emperor of the city. God made me the mayor. Well, yes, God makes, allows and disallows. It's all up to him in the end. But um, just because you're the mayor doesn't mean this is going to go the way uh, you think it's going to go. Because right now, watching him, he looks like he's just on easy street. He's enjoying the publicity. He's enjoying the attention. Doesn't seem to be a very hard worker to me. You know, he basically became the de facto mayor in June. That's a long freaking time ago. Six months. Most of his, uh, he's got so many slots still open. He's not working hard. He hangs out at some sushi bar downtown. Doesn't know enough. Doesn't have the common sense to bring the cops with him to work. Because he wants to avoid them. So when he sees a crime, he can't do anything about it other than call 911 like you and me. Anyway, you hear all about systemic racism, systemic racism, and all this white supremacy, right? Oh, all the time. All the time. Well, oh, and what else does Joe say about it? It's our original sin. Slavery. Our original sin. Now, slavery was a horrible sin. Against man, against nature, against God. All of it. Horrible. Wish it never happened. But it did. But not just in America. Took out a couple of maps today and did a little bit of research. First of all, there are many countries, like 40 countries where slavery exists today. And slavery happened virtually everywhere at one time or another. You know, Americans, we, we act like we invented it or something like that. It was just nobody had ever heard of uh, slavery until uh, the colonies came around. Not true. Total lie. South Africa, Europe, slaves in Africa held by Africans. This is this all happened. But somehow the fake news and our culture just wants you to think for whatever reason, like it's the number one issue right now. Why is that? Hmm? Why And why is there so much guilt for something that uh, nobody alive, nobody's grandfather, nobody's great-grandfather, nobody's great-great-great-grandfather had anything to do with? 
It's a great big political game. I'm still figuring it out, trying to connect the dots here, what's really happening. Obviously, it's a big play for power. It's a big play to rearrange our entire way of life. You know, if you can cancel Thomas Jefferson, one of the greatest people who ever lived, what was that great line? All men are created equal, huh? Who could argue with that? Well, he did He did own slaves, so therefore we should get rid of that document, and it's tainted by slavery, the original sin of slavery. It wasn't original. I'm sorry, but everybody was doing it. I'm, I wish it wasn't the case, but it was the case. We're going to cancel the planet? Is that what they have in mind? Cancel the... So um, I told you about this, and the more I... The more I study the word, the word of God, you can see it. That's what they're coming after. Because Jesus spoke about slavery all the time. Parables he told through slavery. He wasn't endorsing slavery, but he said, you know, if the master of the house has a slave and that slave is a good slave, he'll honor that slave. But if the slave is bad, he made all these points through slavery. When are they going to catch on to that? They already have. So in the meantime, not only should we be ready to defend our faith, if you are of uh, Christian faith, you got to get better at it. I had to get better at it. I'm still getting better at it. I had to know it. I had to know it. I had to get to know him, and I'm getting to know him. And uh, you can do it all through that Bible. You really can. And so much ridiculous time we spend on Netflix and some people marijuana, TV, eating crummy food, uh, watching sports all day long. How about the opportunity to get to know the God who created you and also created a microbe on Mars and uh, some star a trillion miles, light years away? You can <laughs> the God who created that star a trillion light years away, also wants to get to know you, and he wants to have a conversation with you, and you can. It's really, really amazing. And I am amazed at myself for not taking it more seriously earlier. I was always wrestling with thoughts, and then I thought, oh, yeah, I'm an atheist. I can't be. Yeah, this is all an accident. You know, I had I had all those, I had all those um, notions, and... Uh, then I then I then I figured it out right. Actually, he figured it out for me. All right. Anything else? Ooh, I've got this thing from Ted Koppel. I talked about it yesterday. Can we do that now? Um, are we? How are we doing? All right. Call me real quick. Eight hundred eight four eight WABC. Eight hundred eight four eight WABC. This is Greg Kelly on seventy seven WABC. All right. Hey, another criminal charge against former Governor Cuomo is dropped. Uh, I'm looking at New York One right now. Criminal charge against former Governor Cuomo dropped. It looks like it's from that Brittany Camiso. She was the one who I know you guys hate it when I do this. And I'm sorry. But look, I again, you got to look it up. I'll tell you, I called for Cuomo's resignation when everybody was uh, a Cuomo sexual and all that nonsense and those stupid briefings. I'm like, this guy's got to go. This is ridiculous. There's a situation with these nursing homes that everybody's missing. And then when he signed that stupid book deal in the middle of a pandemic, came out with a book about how well he's managing it, five million bucks, I said he's got to go. And I would have been perfectly fine with that. However, this uh, sexual harassment case was totally phony baloney, ridiculous, contrived, and um, 
if they can get him on that, they can get you on that, believe it or not, or somebody you know or somebody you like or somebody you love. It's fine, I guess, when it happens to your enemies. Or is it? Yeah, think about it. Think about it a little bit. So this Brittany Camisso, I've looked at her testimony. I looked at the picture, the selfie she took with Cuomo right after she said he groped her breast. And there she is sitting next to him, hugging the guy, smiling her face off. It's not a nervous smile. It's not an uncomfortable smile. You know, we're allowed to use our God-given common sense, okay? And uh, my God-given common sense is also telling me to uh, not jump on the Eric Adams New York Post bandwagon because he, well, doesn't seem very smart, doesn't have much in the way of administrative or political skills, really. Uh, oh, well, he became mayor. He got himself elected. Yeah, you know how many votes he got? Hmm? Guess, guess. Let me know. Call me. Eight million people live in New York City. What percentage of those eight million people do you think voted for Eric Adams? Answer is, I'm going to give it to you now, 3.166%. 256,000 votes. He got uh, 30% of the vote in June of a Democrat primary. And presto change, he's the mayor? No. No, 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 no. And this is what you get when you got such a sick system, a sick, corrupt system. Here he is, feeling his oats, feeling large and in charge. I'll admit, he looks great, dresses great, he's healthy. I guess he does a vegan thing. That's going to catch up to him. I don't know too many vegans who look all that great for that long. I think he might be sneaking in a cheeseburger or something. Every now and then, you got to have that animal uh, protein, animal uh, meat. So uh, here he is on the MSDNC network, as uh, Mark Levin calls it. Cut 45, please. How are you going to make a balance where you deal with the questions of crime, the questions of rights, the questions of education, but not try to to please either side, but really do what is right for more Al Sharpton. Uh, for most New Yorkers? And that's a great question because I didn't even uh, throughout the campaign, I talked about uh, don't put me in a box. Don't tell me I'm conservative. Don't tell me I'm I'm progressive. I'm Eric. And being Eric means the complete wholeness of my life, uh, understanding what it was to be arrested as a child, beat by police officers, um, serve public protection, taking care of people who are the victims of crimes, but also the economic uh, concerns that we had, living poor, uh, on the verge of homelessness. All of these things brought me to this moment. And, you know, as a reverend, you know, as the 414th, God made me for such a time like sure. this. So uh, I actually what what Sharpton was getting at was, uh, you know, education and crime. Those are the two things he threw out there. What did he say? Well, I was beat by police. I was almost homeless and I was poor. And I'm Eric. Don't call me conservative or liberal. Call me Eric. I'm Eric. Kind of sounds like he's talking about himself in the third person. This is Eric. Eric. Eric will do it. Eric will get it done. Um. And, yeah, God does ultimately allow these things to happen, but for purposes that only he understands. We may understand someday. I think I'm getting an inkling so far. I really do. So now that he's the mayor, he's getting the best and brightest people, right? They all want to work for Eric. Cut 46. Look at my cabinet. First Latino uh, correction commissioner. First African-American Dominican police commissioner. First South Asian to be a deputy mayor in the city of, of New York. Uh, five women deputy of, of, bar, of deputy uh, mayors. Uh, when you look at what I'm assembling, smart, emotionally intelligent, committed, committed, compassionate people. 
Did you hear that? I think we have our first South Asian sanitation commissioner. I don't know about you, but that gives me a warm feeling inside, huh? A sanitation commissioner. Is a sanitation commissioner a woman, too? Wow, we are making kind of pro- well, that's that that's got to give you a real you got to look at garbage in a whole new way to know that the guy picking up that garbage works for somebody else who 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 works for somebody else 15 more times and that commissioner is from South Asia, which I think is what we uh we kind of call India now, right? India is now South Asia. Southeast Asia is like Vietnam, Thailand, East Asia, South Asia is like that's that's basically India, Indian. That's fine. I don't care. I don't care. Why does he have to rattle off all that stuff? I actually happen to know somebody who had a couple of big strikes against him who wanted to work for Eric Adams. You know what his problems were? Totally qualified. Absolutely qualified. Sterling resume. Wanted to work in his communications office. This guy is one hell of a communicator. He's a good writer, very good, very organized, great education, has plenty of experience in media. That's what the job was about, media coordination. Everything's good. Everything's looking great. He gets his application in there. He's about to meet the man. Put the brakes on this. Get out, get out, get out of the office. What's wrong? Well, you're a white man and you're Jewish. And... And what are you talking about? You have no business being here. This is the borough president of New York, Brooklyn. This is Eric Adams. This is a man who's committed to racial and social justice. This is a guy who was beat by cops when he was 15. And, yeah, well, that means you don't get a job. Uh, That means he's not thinking about you. It's incredible. It is incredible, isn't it? The phony baloney conversation that's taking place about race in this country. And again, I still get people looking at me like I have 18 heads. I can't believe you said that. You should see the Twitter response. Oh, by the way, once again, I urge you to go there because guess what? It's January 6th week, and I say a lot of things that big tech ain't down with when it comes to January 6th. Know what I mean? All right? January 6th. Here's one. I just lost 200 uh, followers. Now, it's not about the followers. It's just interesting. You can tell when they're coming after you. All right? In an hour, that doesn't happen. Capitol Hill cop Harry Dunn, a.k.a. Big Lying Dummy, is being wined and dined again by the swamp all over the fake news demanding revenge against Trump supporters. Just asking, does the Capitol Hill police have a dress code for media appearances? This wannabe gangsta looks unsat, and he does. He's wearing a big gold chain, he's wearing a stupid hat, and he's on television representing himself as a Capitol Hill police. Even the Capitol Hill cops know they screwed up. They screwed up in such a big way. And when you screw up in a really big way, what happens in the swamp? You get a gold medal, literally. Be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. All right. So what do you think? Uh, uh, Brooklyn is calling from Brooklyn. Is that really your name? The only one I know named Brooklyn is... uh, Who's that soccer player? Who's a fancy soccer David player? Beckham? Yeah, him. He's got a kid named Brooklyn. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's your real name? No. <laughs> See, I knew something was up. 
What's up with the Brooklyn? I love you anyway, though. Uh, I love Brooklyn. Yes. Well, yeah. All right. I don't. I mean, that's fine. I don't know if I name myself for it, but what's your real name? Uh, you don't want to say. That's My okay. name is Greg. Stay wise and I miss you, Greg. Don't don't stay away from us so long again. You know. Oh boy, that was I. I, I needed it. I really did. But it is good to be back. So, uh, Brooklyn, what's on your mind? Yeah, I was saying, um, Harry Reid, wasn't he once a Capitol Hill police? Uh, I think he was, actually. I think he was going to law school at GW, and uh, a lot of them did that. They worked uh, – it was very easy to get a job in the Capitol Hill police. You can get a job in, like, yeah, two days. So, why, why do you ask? So He's not, dead now, you know. I know. Maybe these guys are angling to become a Capitol Hill uh, – maybe – you know, to be in Congress one day. Well, you know, yeah, some of them are. I mean, clearly, Harry Dunn, uh, Gunnell, they're out there making crazy political statements. I think they have, believe it or not, professionalized it. I say that, you know, I mean, believe it or not, it's better than it used to be 30 years ago. You know that guy, what's his name, um, used to be on Hardball, MSNBC, Chris Matthews. He was a yeah. Capitol Hill cop, too. He was waiting for some other job, and they gave him a gun. They said, okay, you can do this for a couple of days. They gave him a gun, and they I let him be a cop. Yeah, they just – it was very easy to become a cop. Basically, in a lot of places, not just in on Capitol Hill in, like, 1970. It was just a different world. Anyway, anything else? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love your show. All right. Thank you, oh, Brooklyn. One, what, one what? thing with Eric Adams. Sorry, one yeah. thing I wanted to say. That guy's going to crash and burn. So, I, right, so I, totally, right? Yes. What makes you say he's that? Gonna, How do you... gonna... Because I just don't get the feel that he knows what he's doing, though. He, I think he's just a lot of talk. and I've been hearing that this guy was going to become mayor 10 years ago. You know? You know, in 2014, he stood up when he became Brooklyn Borough President. And he said he stood up in front of 200 people and he said, I'm going to be the next mayor. Yeah. And that may sound, oh wow, that guy really knew what he wanted to do. No, I don't. I don't see that as a good thing. I see that as pure ambition. I want to be the mayor. It's not what I want to do for you, and that's a real problem. Yeah. Brooklyn, you're on to something. Is, yeah, right. everything is my this and my that. Yep. My police and yep. my. Yep. 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 Wasn't there another? Wasn't there another uh, guy who was a mayor of a big city, Kwame something another? Kwame Kilpatrick. Uh, oh wait, yeah. Kwame was that his name? Uh, in in Detroit, he reminds you of that guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he boy. reminds me of that guy. All right, he's uh, gonna crash and burn. I have a I have a hunch you're right. I hope the city doesn't as well. Thank you, Brooklyn, no. very very much. I got to go now to uh, uh, Al. He's calling from uh, New York. How's that for vagueness? Where are you, sir? Hey, I'm on the uh, Spring Parkway. I'm headed north. To uh, Orange County, where All right. I live. That's and, a lot uh, of specificity now. All right, good. I got it. Now, what's up, you. buddy? Thank you. Hey, uh, I caught your your Newsmax uh, uh, show last night, and I, I appreciated the way you talked about the Bible. And I know that there's a lot of people maybe that might be looking uh, to get into the Word, okay? And just have a bit of advice um, if, they, if they're looking to do that. Uh, there's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, and I start my day every day reading one of the chapters, and I do it all year long. And it gives you another perspective on maybe, you know, how to treat people and how to handle 
you know, uh, not to judge people and uh, things like that. So uh, I just wanted to put that out there. You know, Al, thank you so much. Uh, you know, um, you know, I mention the Bible sometimes and people look at me cross-eyed. And I know not everybody wants to hear it. And, and, and then I get, uh, well, you know, who, who made you an angel? I'm no angel. That's why I read the Bible. All right. It's not it's not for perfect people. It's for those of us who are not perfect. And by the way, Al, I love it. You say you read Proverbs. Um, you know who that helped a lot? Totally changed his life. We talked about him also on the show last night. Uh, although his name escapes me. Uh, ben Carson, Dr. Ben Carson. Remember that guy? He ran for president against Trump, the Republican. Yes. So when he was a kid, he had a crazy temper. He stabbed somebody. He hit somebody in the head with a padlock. He was going nuts. And he, at one point, he was so upset. Anyway, he locked himself in the bathroom, and there was a Bible in there, and he just read the Proverbs, and he basically said he's never gotten angry since. Ben Carson, an amazing man. I really like him. Uh, And he made peace with Trump, as you know. He's He's in HUD. He was his HUD secretary. All right, Al. Drive safely. Hey, just real quick, uh, you read the Proverbs. What about other parts of the Bible? Well, actually, um, I, I you know I read Matthew. I uh, you know I, I read the New Testament, uh, not as much. But w- what I do also is I uh, I have a, a book by Sarah Young called Jesus Calling, and it's. Uh, from January to, to December 31st, it's a devotional. I read it every day, in addition to the Proverbs. And uh, that also gets me going and, you know, put things in perspective. I love it, Al. There's it's, it's, there's no better way to start the day, you know. Uh, there just isn't. What, do you, what, do you, what, do you, what, what are we in a rush to do? Look at our stupid phone. Look at Savannah Guthrie on the Today Show. All right? How about talking to the creator of the universe, listening to him and not just for 10 seconds i mean really concentrating it is the awesome the ultimate way to start the day thank you al i hope uh i i agree and i think you're making a difference i i would in our own small way getting the word out there thanks buddy uh drive safe i will be right back this is greg kelly on 77 wabc uh, it's a new year. I think we're going to update the music pretty soon. Anyone getting sick of that? I love that, but uh, I think we got to update it. I'm going to update the uh, fake news segment we do in the in the in the in the Newsmax show across the street. Ah, so um, this is the last day of semi normalcy before uh, it goes wall to wall. January sixth, starting tomorrow. Is tomorrow January fifth? I guess it is. Do you remember where you were on January 6th? I don't think it's that big a day, quite frankly, in comparison. You know, where were you when Kennedy was shot? Where were you when uh, uh, the space shuttle Challenger blew up? Where were you on January 6th? I don't. I was tweeting my ass off, quite frankly, telling those damn protesters to get the hell out of Capitol Hill because I wanted them to debate the electoral count. That's what we wanted to happen. So those of us who had doubts, and I still have doubts about the fairness of that election— we wanted a full debate, and we were on the verge of getting one, but, well, that violence really did not help at all. And it's one of the reasons why I'm very suspicious of the violence. I am. You should be, too. And we'll go through it tonight. 
Look at those cops who walk away just before Ashley Babbitt is killed. Look at those cops who step aside to let the protesters into the Capitol. Look at that redheaded cop with the beard who seems to escort the horns guy right into the Senate chamber. Why the hell did any of that happen? None of it should have happened. Absolutely not. All right. Uh, snob of the universe, uh, uh, Ted Koppel. There are a lot of snobs of the universe out there. Um, by the way, you know, Al made me think of something, you know, not to judge people. And here I am judging them all, all day long. Well, I'm not really judging them. I'm judging what they do. And I think I should reiterate this because I don't like everybody, but I do love everybody. I really do. And everybody's here for a reason. And, and he, God, can make anything happen through anybody and use the lowest of us for amazing things. And you just never know. But it doesn't mean I have to like these people. I love Ted Koppel. Uh, and I'm sure he's a great man to his family. Uh, and I'm sure he did some great journalism over the years. Nothing comes to mind. But uh, what he did to those people who love the Andy Griffith show. Now, again, who doesn't love the Andy Griffith show, right? Well... Me. <laughs> Every time it was on TV when I was a kid, I was like, oh, gosh. Why don't they put Star Trek on during the day? Why is it always this? Cut 47. The Andy Griffith Show. You know, one of the reasons why I didn't like it. With Ronnie Howard. Let's face it. It's got a crummy theme song, whistling. And I couldn't whistle. Anyway, he shows up at... Uh, the great big convention hall, or uh, I'm sorry, the Andy Griffith Museum, and makes fun of all the people for liking Andy Griffith. And he thought about this when he went, he's standing in Washington, D.C., he hears somebody say something nice about the Andy Griffith show, and Ted Koppel's like, oh, that's not true, I'm going to go down there and show him how all that Andy Griffith was, uh, uh, wasn't committed to diversity and racial equality. And he goes down there and he tries to make a fool out of everybody, but he winds up just making a fool out of himself. I got a, I got 20 seconds left. Barry, you're on. Thank you for uh, taking my. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to add this, and you know, I, I hate the idea of slavery. I I abhor it. But the reality is, without the people in the kingdoms that were ruling West Africa at the time, there would have been no slaves, because there, there wasn't a white man that could go there and basically abduct black men, women, and children. It could never happen without their own people aiding and abetting the slave trade. You are speaking some uncomfortable truth, but it is the truth, Barry. We will be right back. Thank you. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. And it's almost one year to the day of January 6th. And I think this is a good day to fire that bad cop, Lieutenant Michael Byrd, who shot and killed Ashley Babbitt in front of all of us. And he's still working, never missed a paycheck. In fact, he's getting even more money because he killed her. And you know why nobody gives a damn? You know why the fake news doesn't care? Because she's she's got no status. No stat. She's got got so many things going against her. You know what they are? Number one, she's white. Number two, she's a woman. Number three, she's working class. Number four, she's pro-Trump. All right? Doesn't get any more Karen than that. Karen. It's another horrible term. Beautiful name. Now they've perverted it. Any white woman who gets out of line 
is a Karen. You should you should see what people say about her online. Oh my God! Fortunately, I know the I know her family. I don't think it bothers them. You got to get to that level where criticism just rolls off your back or doesn't even get that far. It's a great place to be. And who's that guy? Who's that guy? Is it Aristotle, Plato, uh, Prometheus? One of those guys. Wait, I don't think Prometheus actually existed. He was like, anyway, one of those smart Greek guys said, the only way, there is a way, I'm sorry, there is a way to avoid all criticism. There is a way to avoid all criticism. Are you ready? Three things you got to do. You got to say nothing, you got to do nothing, and you got to be nothing. Huh? What do you think? Three things you'll never be criticized for the rest of your life. I know a lot of people would take take me up on that offer. Not on your life. Say nothing, do nothing, be nothing. Uh-uh. Pretty sure it was Aristotle. Who was Plato's tutor? Was Aristotle Plato either taught Aristotle or Aristotle taught Plato, something along those lines. A lot of smart guys over there. But a lot of it, quite frankly, um, you know, they just kind of wasted a lot of time. That uh, mental, uh, what do they call it? Mental self-gratification over and over and over again. These imponderables. Anyway, we're glad they did it, right? They made a big contribution. I'm sure. um, I'm sure. So, uh, although, did you ever actually sit down and read Plato's The Republic? It's not exactly uh, Nelson DeMille. You know what I mean? Uh, all right. So Ted Koppel shows up at that town. I got to play you this. All right. You know, they have that Sunday morning uh, show on CBS, which used to be great. Charles Kuralt. They had all the time in the world. It was like the show was like three hours long. And it was the opposite of local news. Don't, don't, don't. It was just it just they let it all breathe. So Ted Koppel is clearly imitating Charles Kuralt. And he has an idea. I'm going to go down to Andy Griffith's hometown and make fun of them and point out that what they think was a grand time in American history was really a corrupt and terrible stain on America. That actually sounded a little – no, it didn't. Anyway, let me see here. Uh, All right, the first up, he meets a a family, a mother and father and a little kid – they're there to see the Andy Griffith Museum. They're very excited. Listen to how Andy Griffith, uh, I'm sorry, Ted Koppel, um, howdy doody, as they used to call him, treats these folks. Cut 48. Foster family from Pomeroy, Ohio, showed up. Watch it four hours, yeah, Monday four hours. through Friday. Yeah. It's no exaggeration to say that this recreation verges for the Foster's on being a national monument. You watch the Andy Griffith show four hours a day? More than that. Uh, what do you mean more than that? It's on sometimes early in the morning. Aren't you afraid that after a month or two of watching four hours or more a day that you're going to turn his little brain to mush? His little brain to mush. First of all, they don't watch four hours a day. They're exaggerating. They're at the Andy Griffith Museum. I watch it all the time, 24-7. Of course, he's taking him literally and turns it to mush. Would you like Ted if he watched TikTok videos instead? Hmm? Does that be more up your speed or play uh, video games where you uh, kill uh, legions of, uh, I don't know, Fortnite characters every 10 seconds? Hmm? 
Let's see here. Why do you like this show, he asked. Cut 40. What the hell's the next one? Play the next one. Tell me why you like it so much. Good, clean comedy. Yeah, fun. good, clean comedy. Has morals, values. Do you, you don't see that a lot today in TV. All right. So Ted is watching these guys. His mouth is agape. He can't believe who he's looking at. He's also playing for the camera big time. Like, look at these... Look at these rubes. Look at these hobos. Look at these silly, look at these simpletons. And I am Ted Koppel. I came from the big city. And then he just whips it out. He whips out the race card. Ted Koppel. Ted Koppel, who I believe was born in England, actually. So Ted Koppel whips out the race card. He goes to meet the guy who's, I, I don't remember if he's the chairman of the Chamber of Commerce or runs the Andy Griffith Museum, but he's a nice guy and he's, He's putting up with Ted Koppel's crap, which I would not do. And Ted gets really political on him and asks him about Biden and Trump and the the election. And then this guy's being very professional and, you know, answering his questions, but also staying within his own lane. You know, this guy's trying. So here, here OK, here, out comes a race card. Uh, cut 50. African-Americans were all but invisible on the Andy Griffith show. There were very few speaking parts. One. Okay, Opie, take over quarterback position. Okay, let's go. If you watch closely in the crowd scenes, I think Andy and others on the show pushed to make sure that there were people of color in the crowds. But you have to look closely. This is the big problem for the Andy Griffith show in Ted Koppel's mind, all right? Not enough black people, and they didn't talk about all the horrible issues that were tearing America apart, like Vietnam. They talked about trivial things like God. They did. They did. I'll get to that in a moment. Um, let's see. Oh, so then Ted Koppel goes to a bus, a trolley, people on their way to go to the Andy Griffith Museum. This is Mount Airy, North Carolina, hometown of Andy Griffith. All these people are excited to go see Andy Griffith memorabilia. And then Mr. Fake News himself, Ted Koppel, weasels his way under false premises, it looks like to me, uh, onto the trolley and starts whipping out questions uh, like this. Cut 52. Any of you think we had a fair election? No way. I saw two hands go up, so is it fair to say the rest of you think that it was not a fair election? No, it wasn't. I don't think it was at all. Was it a fair election? By no means. Because? I think there was a lot of voter fraud. It's now been proven. There's been people studied that's been dead 50 years. I think it's more the mail-in ballots. You don't know how much of those that were duplicated, triplicated, the whole bit. Look how many dead people voted for One question. It's a serious question, and I know you all will take it seriously. Tell me what you think happened on January 6th. Jeez, uh, excuse me, but what the hell is he? It's the Andy Griffith show. And he's trying to find a way to blame Trump. And you hear those accents. They're from the South. I lived in the South. It just, I loved it. But you know what? People from the North, especially people like Ted, people who work in Washington, D.C. or uh, New York, they look down on those folks. They do. In the newsrooms, they do. And if they came from those places, they never want to go back. And then they tell everybody how awful it was. Uh, some of the greatest experiences of my life were in Meridian, Mississippi, the panhandle of Florida, 
New Bern, North Carolina, and I thank the military for opening my eyes to what a truly great country this is. They stationed me in all those places. Um, Ted Koppel still still stirring the pot, though, on this bus. Cut 53. I won't be offended. I've been a journalist all my life. When President Trump talked about the press being the enemy of the people. They are. They are. And I love they President are. Trump. I love that man. I do. <laughs> they just... They know what's happening at this point. They know they're, he's trying to make them look foolish. And they call him out on it. They call him out on it. And they didn't, they didn't, they didn't run from the fight. They didn't pretend they were somebody else or try to, they didn't seek his approval. Cut 54. I just hope when this airs, it won't show Southerners as a bunch of dumb idiots like so many parts of the country do. We have a lot of love in our hearts. We love our country. We love our fellow man. And if the rest of the country felt like that, it would be a better place. Sure. This conversation about politics and division is what people come here to get away from. <laughs> we don't care what color you are. No. We don't even care what your politics are. Yeah. We just want to be good neighbors and treat yeah. everybody alike. And that's, that's why they're coming here. I loved it. I love that moment. The tour guide st- stood up. It was a tense situation. And he did it with a smile. And he did it with class. He did it with grace. And that woman who spoke up saying, I hope you don't make us look foolish, because she had the sense that that was what was going down. Hmm? I just, I love their bravery, and I love their their class, yeah. You know, Ted Koppel has, um, let's see, he's interviewed presidents and kings, and he's um, even, I saw him do something, he was uh, running a summit of some kind between Palestinians and Jews in Israel. I mean, you know, impressive stuff. But... Something went wrong along the way, and there he is. He should be curious about these people, not judging them. Why wow, you have all these concerns about the election? Maybe they're onto something. You know, stories often start with a hunch, start with a gut feeling. These folks have a gut feeling. Why don't you go out and try to help them? Because your story, Ted Koppel, started with a hunch. Started with a little gut feeling. Started actually with some little thing he heard on talk radio in Washington, D.C. Somebody called in to a radio station and heard, um, I guess they sounded off on how great Andy Griffith was and wouldn't it be great if we could go back to those days. And Ted Koppel hears that and he's in the shower and he thinks to himself, hmm, wait a second, I, I got an angle here. He thinks those were the good old days. Well, that was in the 60s. And I know everything was uh, pretty uh, pretty edgy in the 60s. And I think I can go down there and do a story. And he conceived it in his shower and he went down there and he established it, made it happen. That's how so much of journalism works and why so much of it sucks confirmation bias you get an idea in your head and then you go around looking to substantiate what you think you already know instead of showing up with an open mind and an open heart and asking questions and trying to understand people truly understand people not mock them and not judge them so i've been pretty hard on ted i will say this uh, look he's accomplished a pretty look 
he was household name famous for a long time. And I know he's had pain and suffering in his life. And he was actually kind of friendly with my dad on occasion. And I haven't heard my dad recommend too many books. He recommended a book that Ted Koppel wrote about mm, the threat to our – how vulnerable our our infrastructure is or our power grid and how through, um, I guess, computer hacking they can turn off the lights. And this is like 12 years ago. So he had a bad day or a bad week, but I don't want to give him – I'm sure he's a good person, you know, but he really missed the boat on this one because I'll tell you what – um, Andy Griffith is an American classic because let's go to a TV show that CBS uh, ran recently. You heard, uh, well, this is the kind of TV show. Is this the kind of TV show that, that Ted Koppel would approve of? This is the t- kind of TV show that America of today would approve of. It does approve of. This is the biggest money maker I think CBS has had in maybe 50 years. It's called Two and a Half Men with Charlie Sheen and uh, his roommate. Listen to this scene. This is uh, this is not Andy Griffith. Cut 55. Hi. You must be Alan. Yes. Forget it, Georgia. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I thought I could spice up our relationship with a three-way. A, a three-way? But I didn't realize you had no romantic feelings for me at all. Now, hang on. (laughs) Get it? Uh, Threesome. Two women and a guy having sex. I know. (laughs) No comment. But that's television. That's television. That's television now. That's television. And and I think if you want to do a story, Ted, you might want to rip on a show like that. Hey, look, I'm not judging, but... Do we need that on television? Primetime television? What would you prefer? Hey, uh, by the way, Ted, in that scene, I only saw three white people. <laughs> Matter of fact, Charlie Sheen and his roommate, they're both white. You're going to show up and give them a hard time? You know, it is a CBS property. I think you'd be, you'd be kind of awkward for you to do that. So let's go and uh, pick on people who are dead and can't defend themselves. Like the Andy Griffith Show. Here's Andy singing a little song. Prime time on CBS. Can you imagine something like this happening today? Cut 60, cut 56. Andy's playing the guitar. And um, his, uh, I guess his girlfriend, Eleanor, is singing. that beautiful i'm sorry i will have to interrupt these proceedings and i notice that there are seven white people on the set and i've not seen a person of color on this show in at least three episodes you know how good that feels for those self-righteous jerks showing up pointing a finger 50 years later give me a big break all right you know where to reach me if you don't one more time 800-848-WABC 800-848-WABC this is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. 
Oh. Turn on, turn it on, turn it on, turn it on. Biden. Please take advantage of what's available. Please. You're going to save lives, maybe yours, maybe your child. Please take advantage of what we already have. It's got to work out. So thank you. Now I'm going to get this briefing started. Thank you very much. No questions, no questions. Did he say anything big? Yesterday he was uh, just kind of confused about meat. Meat and meat byproducts, I noticed. Uh, This time, uh, I don't know. What did we not get there? Leadership. Meanwhile, I'm looking at uh, New York One, Eric Adams. I get it. The guy wears a suit. Great suit. Congratulations. He's at a small business. What is this? Holds event to highlight small business recovery efforts. Mm, I can think of about 25 other things you should be doing right now. I mean, small business is important, but city doesn't have all that much to say about that. I guess they could cancel a lot of the red tape that screws everybody up. Get the health department to act a bit more reasonably. I know they hassle restaurants all the time. I don't like those letter grades. Uh, I, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, some people, no, I don't like them. And uh, although I won't go into one that doesn't have an A. Uh, and I don't think that they're fair in the way they they adjudicate all of them. Mm. All right. Are we done talking about AOC? Yes. <laughs> there we go. Uh, oh, one more thing. Two more things on January 6th, and I'm not going to mention it until January 6th. You know that they're revisiting the whole issue, and they're hyping the hell out of it, and they really want everybody to believe that there was a horrible racist component to this. Uh, because Donald Trump is a racist, don't you know? A white supremacist. That's what they were always telling us. Not true, of course. And those who support him must be racist, Right. No, of course not. But that's what the fake news believes. Then I saw this freak on Meet the Press. And uh, this is what they're laying on. They intellectualize this stuff. He makes it sound so fancy. But it's not. Listen to this. Cut 61. A lot of Trump supporters are believers in a a theory uh, called the Great Replacement, which is the idea that the rights and privileges and position of white people is under assault from black and brown people who are trying to replace them in American society. Guy doesn't know what the freaking hell he's talking about. What an ugly bastard. Uh, His name is Gelman. He writes for The Atlantic magazine. How about that? Hmm? Trump supporters are frustrated because their population is going to... Then So I played that last night on the show. And then you know what I put up? Some of the superstars in MAGA world right now, people I will be very happy with if they should ever become president, right after Donald Trump, uh, people like Candace Owens, uh, a congressman named Byron Donalds, absolute superstar from South Florida. Uh, I told you already, I really like Dr. Ben Carson. I think he'd be great. I think Sheriff Clark is amazing. The list goes on and on doesn't matter what you look like when you're on our side. matters what you bring to the table as a person, your judgment, your character, your experience, not what you look like, not your skin color, none of that stuff. 
your ideas. It's the way you think. What's on your mind? Which uh, so much of the world doesn't care, especially if you're white, by the way. I've, uh, I don't like anybody being judged for things they can't control, be it a black man or a white woman or anything in between. Not fair. Not good. But you know and I know, whatever you look like, whatever I look like, that it's open season right now on white folk, especially white women. And that Ashley Babbitt thing. Talk about post-traumatic stress. I cannot get over that more people don't care, that more people aren't demanding justice, that more people aren't going to do what I just did on Twitter, demand that Lieutenant Michael Byrd, the cop who killed her for no reason, She posed no deadly threat. You can look it up. This George Floyd criminal justice reform bill that they love so much specifically outlines when and how deadly force may be applied by law enforcement. And the Ashley Babbitt moment meets none of those, none of those criteria, none, zero. She was jumping through a window. She was a terrorist assaulting democracy. Shut up. She was jumping through a window. She was jumping through, and she might have been actually pushed through a window. And why were those cops standing right next to her? What in the hell was up with that? A gold medal, too. Give all those cops a gold medal. Makes no sense, huh? Why the hell is Eric Adams taking his jacket off? Can I listen to New York One for a moment? This guy, Brooklyn is right. This guy's going to crash and burn. There's something not right about this. It's one thing to have this kind of swagger when you've actually produced some results. You know, you're getting stuff done. But it's all show. All show, no go. What do they say? If he were in Texas, it would be, he's all hat, no cattle. (laughs) I'm I'm no cowboy, but I kind of like that. How about you, Janet? Oh, you're calling all the way from Michigan. Hi. Hello. Hi there. Hello. Hey, you know, every night when I watch you on TV, you talk about the mystery man. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to tell you two things, and you can take it from there. It was either January 6th or 7th when I heard on Fox News on the radio that they were detaining a man named John Sullivan because he was standing next to Ashley Babbitt. Never heard his name again until last month. Again on the news on Fox. I believe it was Fox Radio. Um that they had taken the man, John Sullivan, they have eight charges against him for having videos on, on online or whatever for sale of little riots or little chaos going on yeah, on January yeah, 6th. Yeah. And he had been taking them, and he was selling yeah. them. They have right. eight charges against I know, him. I know who John Sullivan is. The mystery oh, you do? Yeah. The mystery man is not John Sullivan. Okay. So John Sullivan is actually taking the photograph of the mystery man. So John Sullivan is the one who's filming the – if you've seen the film of Ashley Babbitt being shot, yeah. uh, John Sullivan, a.k.a. Jaden X, is holding the camera. We know who oh. that is. We okay. know he's got, uh, yes, Black Lives Matter allegiance, and he said some crazy threatening things in front of the White House early in the summer of 20. Uh, yeah. it, it seems like a bad guy, and you're right. There are a bunch of charges uh, pending against him. He's not in custody. I think he's under some sort of house arrest. They're basically they're basically treating him gently because um, he do- he was their video videographer. CNN paid him thirty grand at least for that footage. Yeah. This is a very now, weird you- case. The other guy you're talking about, uh, we we still don't know who it is. 
Uh, oh, yeah, okay. we don't we don't know who that is. Hey, where are you in uh, Michigan? What's going on up there? Up in Traverse City. It's I right? know where that's the Upper Peninsula, right? No, no, no. Just oh, jeez. I, I thought I got so excited. So one thing I could say about Michigan. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 there was a big air show in Travis City, right? Oh, yeah. The, yeah. The that's, fly every, well, every other year. Right, right. Uh, long, long, yeah. All right, Janet, thank you very much. Um, yeah, that's John Sullivan we know, but the mystery man we do not know. Uh, Helena is calling from West Orange. Yes, hi. Yeah, hi. First of all, thanks for taking my call. Uh, you know, I'm... Uh, from the very beginning, and I'm since the uh, story you told about the uh, gentleman that applied for the communications uh, department. Yeah, I'm just wondering. I'm just waiting for uh, Louis Farrakhan to step out from the shadows. What makes you think he's in the shadows? I think he's kind of still out and about. They cover for him. Louis Farrakhan. Well, I uh, use, I, I, excuse me. I use t- that term. You know, just. Because uh, we don't see him. Yeah. Well, he lives in Chicago, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's like 90 or something. Hey, I that guy should have been banished is. from uh, polite society a long time ago, but they still mix it up with him. I think Obama actually had a pretty cordial relationship well, actually, with him. actually, uh, he was Eric Adams' mentor. Is that right? Yes. Uh, I never knew that. I never heard that. Uh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. He was Eric Adams, Adams' mentor. Hmm. Well, uh, interesting. I got to check that out. And uh, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Farrakhan is somebody too. I would want nothing to do with. Uh, quite frankly, it would not surprise me. And actually, he said something just the other day. But I'm going to have to follow up with you on that, Helena. I don't know. So, oh, he uh, said a lot. He all right. said a lot. Yeah. Let me check it out, all right? I, I don't know. Uh, I, I know what I know, and I know what I don't know, and I know I don't know this. But thank you, Helena. I will pursue it. What's the deal? It's time. I'll be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Hey, beware. Beware the word coo, 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 coo. Donald <laughs> Donald Trump is uh he's always planning a coup. I've never heard of a president planning a coup. He's when you're already in power, he's planning a coup. It's a coup. Now I'm hearing he's planning a soft coup. You know who's planning a coup, I think, and I think I can possibly there's a hell of a lot of circumstantial evidence that general uh Mark, I want to know about White Rage Millie. Remember this guy? Cut sixty three, please. On the issue of critical race theory, et cetera, I'll obviously have to get much smarter on whatever the theory is. Um, but I do think it's important, actually, uh, for those of us in uniform to be open-minded and be widely read. Uh, and I, I want to understand white rage, and I'm white, and I want to understand it. All right. Knock yourself out. Go to the bookstore. Uh, look up uh, – what's his name? Ibram X. Kendi, who does those anti-racist books – Go ahead, on your own time. What do they call it in the military? R&R. Okay? When you're on, take some leave, check into the BOQ, uh, and, uh, you know, bring some books with you and knock your, if you want to spend your time like that. But to make that the pursuit of the military, which it is right now, all this crazy hysteria trying to root out extremism in the ranks. The only extremism is coming from guys like Millie talking about 
white rage and systemic racism instead of worrying about Afghanistan. He said that back in, uh, I believe that was in June, T-minus 60 days before we lost the war in Afghanistan. Oh, yeah, remember that? America lost a war. Taliban took over in eight seconds. Joe Biden says it wasn't, wasn't going to happen in a decade. So what does that mean for us? Well, Millie isn't the only one. Now, I'm going to play you this. This is David Martin. He's a reporter for CBS News. He's not known to be crazy. I've crossed paths with him a couple of times. I mean, he's fake news, but he's just he's not that bad. Uh, he's been covering military affairs since the late 60s. And this is what he says the generals are telling him. Listen closely. You'll hear the woman, host of the Face the Nation, Meet the Nation, one of those... One of those Sunday shows. Six, cut 62, please. When you look at what's happening right now and the folks you talked to at the Pentagon, do they believe the biggest national security threat is internal or external? Internal. No they question. Think. No Military people will, will say that to you. The biggest threat to the United States of America is a reincarnation of January 6th. And if we lose our democracy, what the heck does all that other stuff matter? Who cares about it? Hypersonic weapons, if you, mm-hmm. if you don't have a democracy. Hypersonic weapons. That's what China's developing right now, by the way. We don't have them. China is also... Well, China's focused on the mission. Uh, what is that thing called? The Belt and Road Initiative. I mean, they're slowly but surely taking over the world. Well, we're talking about white privilege. Our military is talking about transgender awareness. They have the... That's what it's about. Well, no, that's not what it's about. That's, that's just uh, evolving. You know that? No, it's not. That's what it's about. You can't. There are only so many hours in the day. You can't focus on war fighting and also transgender awareness and acceptance at the same time. You can't. It is a major distraction. DEI is what it's called. Uh, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Let's see here. And transgender types, let's face it, with very few exceptions, one of those exceptions being Caitlyn Jenner, who I've actually met and I like. I met Caitlyn back when Caitlyn was Bruce. I liked him. I like her. I don't necessarily or would never do it for myself or anything like that. And I think there's way been way too much about it. But in a weird way, so does he. You know, he ran for governor briefly and like never talked about it. There was some statement on his website. If you have any questions about my gender status, look it up online. I'm like, all right, I can deal with that. But I can't deal with this. You're about to hear from uh, Jenny or Jeffrey Marsh, whatever her mood is, his mood is. It's obviously a transgender individual. And uh, boy, oh boy, talk about a chip on her shoulder, huh? Cut 64. Let me tell you something about LGBTQ rights, about trans rights. This is only going in one direction. You will respect us. You can be upset. You can be angry. You can think it's unfair. You can feel like we're stealing something from you. But it's still only going in one direction. You will respect us. Hey, meanwhile, I've got this for the Department of Sanitation. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for listening to the show. Uh, you are a working. Um, you're paid with our tax dollars. 
I see that Joshua Goodman is listening to the radio while he's at work. He is the assistant commissioner for public affairs at the New York City Department of Sanitation, yet he's listening to the radio. I guess he's got to worry about. You know what I would worry about if I were you? The income, the the snow, the snow that's going to happen. All right. It screwed up de Blasio's administration pretty good, pretty early. You got other things to worry about, Joshua. Can't believe we're we're paying these people to sit around and listen to the radio and comment on social media. Assistant commissioner. Oh, what a big job. And you're damn right. I'll say it again. I know people who have been denied positions in this administration because they are white and because they are men and because they are Jewish. Joshua, I don't know when you got your job. Congratulations. You may not have it long because you got a couple of strikes against you. But really, focus on the trash, all right? Tell the story of uh, of the sanitation workers. Now, what are they, the boldest or the bravest or the strongest? I think they're New York's strongest. Boldest, strong, boldest of the correction workers. Anyway, they're all great people. Uh, the management, on the other hand, ugh. I was really surprised that Catherine Garcia thought she could be mayor after being a very mediocre uh, sanitation commissioner. And by the way, what's up with that fancy building they have on the west side? Do they really need that? It's one hell of a building. It's like an architectural masterpiece. Um, who knows? Who knows? All right, Louis, it's your turn. What's going on? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Take them off hold. No? All right. John in Saddle River. Yes, sir. Hey, good afternoon, Greg. Uh, listen, I couldn't agree with you more about Lieutenant Michael Byrd, who uh, in the police profession, it's called a bad shot. Um, nothing has been made of this. This is an injustice of epic proportions. And the fact that she was a veteran, a female, because it doesn't go against the narrative with the mainstream media is a travesty. And at some point, we have to get to the bottom of this. And this is just the tip of the spear, frankly, with what happened on January 6th, the so-called insurrection. What a joke. What a joke is right. What a joke is right. I um, We're on the same page here. It is incredible. You made me think of one thing while you were talking about it that we haven't explored here. Oh, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled at all. Because black lives don't matter according to the Black Lives Matter movement. Black Lives Matter. They Have you noticed something? They only care. When a black life is taken by yeah, a heard, white cop, well, they only care when they can exploit something for political or financial gain. And they can do that, they think, when a white cop takes the life of a black person. But if a black person is killed by a black cop, there's nothing to be, you can't, you can't gain anything. There's nothing to exploit there. It's amazing. So if you look at it in a way, according to Black Lives Matter, only in certain circumstances, a white cop has got to be involved for Black Lives to Matter. It is a disgrace. It is a joke. It's very, very sad. John, thank you. Hey, Saddle River, isn't that where Nixon lived? Yeah. Yep. 
<laughs> You're breaking up. All right. Thanks, John. Uh, yeah, he lived over there. He also lived um, on 65th Street in Manhattan, right down the block from Donald Trump. No kidding. They lived uh, within about four doors of each other on 65th Street for a time in the 1970s. You know, only in New York. Only in New York. Uh, hey, Rich in Middletown, real quick. Then, uh, what's up, Rich? Uh, I think that uh, the only reason Ted Koppel did what he did to those people is because if he went and visited the Andy Griffith Museum on his own volition as a tourist, he knows darn well he'd be canceled by woke culture. And it was a dirty trick. He'd be canceled by woke culture if he went there what? On his own volition. All he wanted to do was visit the museum as a tourist. But he knew he couldn't do that. He'd be in big trouble if he did that. I don't think he'd be in big trouble, but he wouldn't get any cool credit. He would not be in sync with the narrative of the moment. He would be seen. I think, I think his career I, 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 I don't, jump the shark. No, no I, I think you're. No, it's not that. He's doing. You just don't get any credit. He's looking for credit. He's looking for relevance. He's looking for attention. And quite frankly, he got some, and I gave him some too. Um. If he did a story about, hey, this is great, there might have been some online, you know, oh, snipe little shots here and there, but nothing nothing big. I have to disagree, but overall we're on the same page. Thank you, pal. Paula, in, oh, oh, Paula, New Jersey. Paula, how are you? I hope you're not all worked up and concerned about anything. Uh, well, uh, good afternoon. Um, I love your show. Thank you. Uh, I just wanted to uh, present something to think about, uh, about the demise of Ashley Babbitt. I thought about this for a long time. Uh, I think there is a possibility that the Capitol Police had a red line that, uh, this is a, a red line that was designated beforehand where anyone who would cross it would be shot to be killed and she and that would and where it was was beyond the anywhere beyond the door yeah going to the inside all right that's your theory now now i can back i can back up i want you to think about it because the police did nothing about uh preventing uh the um demonstrators from being agitators and destroying things, nothing. Bird did nothing about them when he uh, aimed his gun. It was he did n- absolutely. Hey, listen, nothing. you might be on something. I, you might be onto okay. something. You might be. Yeah. It might have been a red line. It might have been a red line. But I don't think it was decreed by Capitol Hill police. There, there might have been somebody, and I want to know who it was. Who said nobody gets past that door. If anybody gets past that door, shoot him. I could see something like that happening. But that's not a lawful order. You ever notice when somebody jumps the White House fence, what happens? They chase after the guy. You can't just shoot somebody. You can't. You can't do that. They've got to be presenting an imminent risk of death. And Ashley Babbitt wasn't. Hello? Yeah. Okay. She was pushed up because she saw too much. And her too much. Well, wait a and, second. No, no, no. Pa- Paula, calm down. Now, this is not a podcast. I got to. No. Right. And to pa- back that up. Paula, 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 you don't know, and I don't know if she was pushed. I actually, we don't know that. I've looked at the video a thousand times. To me, she, it looks like she might be trying to climb through it herself. 
Mayor Giuliani saw that many times he stated it on his show, and I saw that video many times. The, the, final, the final explanation about the police and how they knew about this was because she was, mis- she was mishandled according to every... Uh, mishandled every, where? I agree, but where? How? When she was on the way down. On the way down the steps. She when they, yeah. not put on a stretcher. I know. Her, her, her bullet could have uh, been worse yep. and killed her. Those policemen who handled her are, are I believe, there. there is... Uh, there is culpability. Uh, absolutely. I've seen that I, footage. She, thank yeah, you, Paula. You Paula, I got I got to take another break. Uh, she was dragged out uh, totally unprofessionally. It, the whole thing. And, you know, they're suing and I, I really hope they're successful. Is it time? It is time. I do want to tell that uh, uh, Joanne, John, Gail, wait up. I'll be right there. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Oh, Prince Andrew. Prince Andrew's uh, Prince Andrew's lawyers argue accuser agreed not to sue back in 2009 when he made a settlement with uh, Virginia Giraffe, who's uh, accused Jeffrey Epstein of all kinds of things. I don't know about this Virginia person, by the way. Hey, Jeffrey Epstein was a total creep and nutjob and weirdo, and although I don't think he was killed. I mean, I don't think he killed himself. I think he was killed. Um but she has been very dishonest about Alan Dershowitz. Very dishonest. All right. I'm excited about tonight's show. Seven o'clock. Who's coming on? Oh, Bernie Carrick will be there. You know, Bernie Carrick, they've been hassling him about January 6th. He's great. Find out what's going on there. All right. Uh, Joanne in Texas. Hi. Hey, that's have a lot of common sense that perhaps maybe other commentators don't. I really do agree with you regarding the Antonio Brown situation. I honestly, when I watched that video over and over, I thought it was kind of funny. And what's really amazing to me is how the Bucs didn't review anything before coming out and, and quickly saying he's off the team. Even Tom Brady said he's off the team. But the New York Post is reporting that, hey, what really happened is he's injured. So if, the, if it's the truth that he's injured and they're trying to push him out on the field, does he have any recourse at this point? I heard uh, he technically he's still on the Buccaneers, and if he's not, he'll be a free agent right away, and he's still a talented player, so he'll land somewhere. He may want to settle down a little bit. I mean, look, you, you know, I, you know, I'm rooting for the guy, and we've all wanted to quit a job at one point or another, but you know, you can't, you know, you got to take it easy. I mean, but I did find it funny as well. Hey, Joanne, we're in Texas. What's it like down there? Um, well, I'm in San Antonio, so we're we're Central Texas. So we're in between Houston, Austin, and Dallas. You ever go to that Fiesta, Texas, that big uh, – you still have that thing there, that big uh, amusement park? Yeah, we still have the amusement park, and we also have um, Fiesta Parade every year, which is really amazing here. Right. We're, we have the Alamo. That's what San Antonio is known for, the Alamo. I have no interest in seeing that thing. Uh, it just, it's, it's really small. Yeah, yeah it looks really lame. Small. All right, but I like San Antonio. I was there once, and I love the amusement park. Thank you, Joanne, very much. Totally agree with you. Uh, let's see here. Sierra uh, Sierra and Park Ridge. Hi, Greg Kelly. Yeah. Hi, now I have a personal story I want to tell, but I don't want to tell it over the air. So is there any way possible I can speak with you in private? Mm. Put her on hold. Uh and make up some reason why I can't talk. I'm only kidding. Uh, get her, 
Get an email or something like that. I don't know. I, uh, I'm i busy. Patricia in Maybrook. Hi. Um, two things I wanted to mention. you got to go quick because uh, I'm almost done. Yeah, I know. Um, one for Al, the way he can read the entire Bible through in a year. On Saturday and Sunday, read five chapters each. And on the other five days, read three chapters each. And just start at Genesis, go through Revelation, and he'll have it. The other one was the Christmas music. Yeah. Um, that uh, this year I noticed I heard songs about Jesus' birth maybe four times at the most. I, it's a 